Aloha mai kako. It is so good to be back in the studio with you, our beloved Brave Through community. Let's begin with a little bit of background information. Seeds of Peace was born from a conversation with my co-founder, Carrie Rosevich, who's a specialist in early childhood education and family advocate. In response to various requests from local educators, parents, and other community members for peace building education to support young people and the communities that raise them. Our name, Seeds of Peace with a C, C-E-E-D-S, stems from the idea of planting seeds, strategies, and tools for peace building leadership and action, utilizing the characters and qualities, beginning with the letter C, courage, critical thinking, compassion, conflict resolution, commitment, collaboration, and connection. We teach these, we model these C's, and we work to equip others with the tools, confidence, and commitment to doing the same. Scott, we'd love to hear more about where Seats has been, where we are now, and what you're excited about. Yeah, thanks, Mayan. First of all, thank you for having me on this podcast. It's a real privilege to be here with you, as well as the other executive directors of your organizations. So we were founded about a decade ago, and I often find myself comparing our journey as an organization to the growth of a little human. Um, the metaphor really resonates with me as a parent. So in our newborn phase 10 years ago, we began with a single peace-building workshop that Maya and Carrie led. And while I wasn't there at that time, I think that's when our community really developed a real special love and connection to seeds that carries on to today. In our toddler years, this workshop series grew across Oahu to Hawaii Island, bringing together thousands of educators, parents, nonprofit leaders, judges, artists, creatives. And we started exploring new efforts. So we had youth cohorts starting, where we brought together youth to hold space and share their voice and organize and be activists and peace builders. We started listening more and responding to the needs of our community and started designing programming accordingly. Um, and as an organization, like a toddler who I have right now, um, we really started finding our identity and, and finding our voice as well. And now I feel like we're kind of in our elementary school years. Um, as an org, we have new struggles and stresses that didn't exist before. Um, we have a staff of eight and 17 contractors who we need to take care of and raise money for. We have new partnerships and new communities that we need to nurture um, as we're being relied upon a little bit more. We also have new opportunities. Um, and today we're, we're focusing a lot on putting together the conditions in place so our community can commit to being peace builders. When I think about where SEEDS has been, where we are now in the future, where we're going with our incredible alumni base, and, and as we reach across the islands, but also across the globe, I am you know, really motivated and excited by all of the action plans that have been implemented, all of the young people who have stepped into roles of leadership. I'm excited by the various community projects that uh, have been tailored for new communities, that have been scaffolded for new purpose. Uh, so it's really important, um, the work that SEEDS is doing in this current phase to embolden and um, enliven the capacities of each individual and community. A lot of this is about positive peace building, right? Which 
exists in contrast to negative peace or the absence of acute violence or conflict. Positive peace moves us away from simply the absence of conflict to what is possible towards potential, the presence of loving, productive, and just relationships, the aggregation of a lot of individuals acting together and bringing their talents, networks, interests, ideas, and resources to the table. Each one regarding themselves as a conduit and vessel towards the community changes they wish to see uh, in the world. This is about washing our eyes and harnessing that power of both individual and collective strength. So that work is going on in each of these nonprofits and uh, in the curriculum here at UH at the Matsunaga Institute for Peace and the various workshop spaces facilitated around the world and in other capacities. Scott, I want you to help our audience understand what it looks like. So a couple quick examples of the work that I'm personally really excited about. Um, one thing is we're working really hard in partnership with the Hawaii After School Alliance and other partners to build capacity for Title I schools to become community schools. The community school model ensures that schools aren't just designed to be a place of academics between 8 o'clock and 2 o'clock, but through strong partnerships and through a lot of trust with the community, um, the rich resources and knowledge that community orgs and health centers and parents can provide, we can ensure that students' basic needs are met so they can thrive as students and as peace builders. Um, so the best example I can give is that if a child is coming to school hungry, let's count on these strong partnerships with food pantries and farms and health centers to provide for this child instead of expecting teachers to reach into their own pockets and feeding children like they're so used to doing. So that's one thing I'm really excited about right now. Another exciting example of SEEDS putting the conditions in place for peace building to happen is our Hawaii Positive Engagement Project, um, which is in partnership with UH Manoa. In this effort, we're actually granting funds to Native Hawaiian educators and parents, as well as educators who are serving Native Hawaiian students to um, work on their own well-being. So if teachers feel like they're burnt out um, and they need some stress relief in their lives, if they need, a, for example, a yoga teacher to come in every Friday and run, run yoga sessions, we can actually fund that work and help them to develop these rich action plans around, around self-care. And the logic is that if our teachers aren't feeling that sense of peace within and they don't feel like they are being cared for, then how can we really expect them to do a great job with our youth, right? Yeah, those are two examples of, of the work that we're really excited about right now. Um, I can go on for an hour talking about all the other work, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. I want to talk a little more about this sort of collective energy that we're cultivating. I love that ICP is operated by mothers working alongside core folks of young people, millennials, Gen Z. I think this is true of all of the organizations here. I think that intergenerational duet is important. Young people offer a certain vibrancy and energy. Uh, we are, of course, endeavoring to shape and sometimes reshape um, worlds that uh, they will inherit I think that it's important that we think about um, our generational duets and cooperation, our impact, and sort of our roles as nurturers as well. Can you all speak about um, what it means to you to be 
caring for the generations that will follow, as well as including their brilliance in your work. You know, and as young leaders, you know, what does it mean that we truly respect and reverence uh, young people in these peace-building efforts? Okay, Lola Press, let's begin with, with you. I love that we're talking about our identities and how those energies show up in the work. We are a collective here of three nonprofit organizations run by young people under the age of 40. I think that that's tremendous. And we are not just tinkering around. We're actually discussing some of the greatest barriers that our generation and generations that have come before us have faced. And we're doing so actively alongside young people. Yeah, so quick story, I was recently asked to submit a professional bio for a talk that I had to give. And I started my bio off with, Scott Nishimoto is a dad, neighbor, and bedtime storyteller. Um, Scott also happens to be the executive director of Seeds of Peace. And I remember the event organizer gave me a little pushback for that bio. I guess he didn't think it sounded professional enough. Um, but the reality is that my identity as a dad and as a neighbor and as a bedtime storyteller is so intertwined with my job that those identities have become who I am as a professional as well. I have a five-year-old daughter named Ellie and a one-year-old son named Rui. And actually, I'm really glad that Keloha is sitting here at the table with us because several years ago, she, along with her colleagues at OHA at the time, they released a study um, which revealed quite a bit, but one of the statistics that really stuck out to me was that 24% of Native Hawaiian female high school students have seriously considered attempting suicide. And as I look at my daughter, who is a Native Hawaiian female who will someday be in high school, I'm already really scared for her and her peers. And I know that this is just a statistic and it's not my daughter's fate, it's just a statistic. But if we don't make some real significant changes, it very well could be her fate. And if not her, then the fate of many of her peers. Um, so for me, this, this real urgency to build peace in our homes, our schools, and our communities, um, this urgency to do better when it comes to social-emotional learning in schools, this urgency to address, address bullying, discrimination, hate, the need for some to feel control or power over others, um, these urgencies are very, very real to me. They're, they're in my home. So I feel very fortunate that for at least eight hours a day, I'm doing my part to build a better community for this next generation to step into. We are uplifting SEL practices in schools. We're teaching trauma-informed care for public school educators. We're making sure that youth have all the basic needs they, they need to survive and thrive. Um, and then when I'm not working, I'm trying to be as present as possible as a dad to my two little ones, which I think is equally important work. Beautiful. Recently, I was explaining to a friend what I do at Seeds, and his response was, wow, that sounds really ambitious. Um, do you really think we're going to achieve peace in our lives? And I think that's kind of a common response to a lot of the work that we do, especially when you put peace in our name. People think world peace and the end of all wars and the end of all violence. And if you put it that way, peace does sound like a very difficult, ambitious goal, um, maybe out of reach to many. But then when I think about these everyday actions to build peace, it doesn't sound quite as difficult. 
Um, it sounds a little more accessible, I guess you could say. And you know, peace building can be a mass community organizing and, and changing laws and systemic change, but it can also be much smaller. Um, thinking about just a few days ago in the car with my daughter, I picked her up and we talked for the entire 20 minute ride about how she stood up to a bully at school who was being mean to her friend. And we talked about the strategy she can use next time when this happens again. Um, and that's peace building too, right? Yeah, this, this redefining of peace, I think, will always be a challenge for us and convincing folks that peace isn't out of reach. Sure. One of the things that's exciting for me right now um, is we are building a partnership with public media to be able to take this framework of restorative narrative into every newsroom that wants it in NPR and PBS stations across the country. That's really, really exciting to me because it signals the possibility that there will be a focus on not just what's negative and immediate in our society, but what is restorative and long-lasting. So that's exciting to me. I think one of the challenges, um, as Scott was just talking about, is allowing people to see what is immediately or tangibly peaceful in your own life. Two of the more conflictive uh, spaces that I've ever been was working with nonviolent peace uh, activists in Israel and Palestine and working with spiritual leaders, trying to build a peace in Guatemala between the MS-13 and the 18th Street gangs. And in both of them, what I realized is, sure, you have warring parties, sure, you have extreme uh, acts of violence and extreme ideologies, the vast majority of the people are the people caught in the middle who just want to get on with their life. And for them, being able to influence even one of these more extreme people to come a little closer could save hundreds of lives. And I see that work of, of, of planting seeds, of building communities, and of creating narratives that restore society as crucial to these macro-level conflicts that we think we can't get our minds around. So I think we, we have good work to do, but it's a challenge to communicate that to people who think they have no place in it. I think the only thing I would add is just, I love the positive peace building framework because to me it says that peace is daily ongoing work. And you know, there I do have a lot of conversations with people that think of peace is this uh, very lofty or almost undefinable term and see it as just the opposite of violence and just see it as, you know, in relation to war and peace that don't really understand what it, what it would mean to be building peace in a, in a daily sense on the ground. But when you think about peace in terms of something that we have to be building every day, um, it creates a sense of, of urgency. It's like, like you don't wait until you're super, super sick to go to the doctor to get medicine. You know, if, if you, you start feeling sick, ideally you go early on. And, and I think similarly, we don't want to wait until we've reached a point of mass destruction. We, you know, we need to be actively, proactively building peace. Um, so the urgency becomes tremendous, you know, that, that it, we have to be anticipating what could happen if we don't, if we are not working on building peace every day. And, and I think 
you know, it, it excites me, you know, especially having Mariano join in leadership with me to to be thinking about scaling this and and to be thinking about scaling it as well. The the efforts that Kayla Han Scott are leading um, to think about what could be in five, 10 years as as our programs reach more and more people, as we see these communities form. Um, and for us at Peace Studio to think about, you know, thousands of artists and journalists working in this way, um, working with such intention about how they tell stories and what that could mean for, for our culture. Thank you. Thank you all. Speak from your heart about why this work is important to you and whether you feel optimistic about the future of creating a more peaceful and just world. Yeah, most days I, I do feel optimistic. Um, I do think we're moving the needle. Um, that said, there's so much work to be done. I do look forward to a community where every school is a community school. Look forward to a community where every parent and every educator has the resources to work on their own well-being. Look forward to a community where every youth has the platform to be change makers and peace builders. And I also look forward to a community where every educator, parent, and community member launches peace building action plans by coming through our workshops. Um, and that's just here in Hawaii. The, the world needs this as well. At Seeds, we talk a lot about this ripple effect. And sure, we're a small org with a small staff and a small board, but I feel that with every teacher we work with, with every parent we work with, with every youth we work with, we start this new ripple. And that's exciting to me, um, knowing that these ripples are potentially endless and they're just gonna keep on expanding. That tells me that, that we're gonna get there someday. I totally agree, Scott. I think we too at Peace Studio talk a lot about that ripple effect and this notion that it starts with each individual artist and journalist that we support and then the work that they create impacts their community and reaches thousands and then millions and, and, and that's where movements are born. Well, I want to thank you all for being here. It's been so good to have our Brave Through community get to know you a bit. And um, listeners, each of you has an opportunity and an obligation to contribute and choose to participate right where you are, whatever your resources, whatever your age, um, wherever your community. We hope that you feel enriched and have found some inspiration in the work of these three organizations. Um, we really want you to feel empowered and to reach into your heart and into your community to find the voices that inspire and ignite your sense of wonder and to find spaces of collaboration and engagement that have meaning in your lives and the issues that resonate most deeply for you. And then take one step forward, take action, take our Seeds of Peace workshop or <laughs> um, become involved uh, with either of these three organizations or another organization that you admire. The point is that as we see new obstacles before us, as we start to feel anxiety about the seemingly intractable problems all around us, we need to preserve the commitment to actions, large and small, to peace building goals, North Star and Near Star, to uh, activating our peace building identity and our upstander identity um, wherever we are. And if you can close by just telling our listeners 
what should they do? What is one thing they can do today um, and um, tomorrow that will improve their capacities to build peace in their own lives and communities? Two things. Follow Seeds of Peace on social media because that's where we announce all of our awesome offerings to the community. Um, but the second is, um, I consider this pretty easy. Just look for the gifts in everyone, um, whether it's your kids or your parents or other community members. Search for those gifts, identify them, and make sure those folks know that their gifts are being noticed. Join me for future conversations with really thoughtful, creative people who are helping us to wash our eyes and nourish a sense of possibility around difficult social challenges. Thank you so much for listening. Please share and stay in the conversation.